my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer and a broadcaster. And what you're about to hear is one of the 1,400 interviews I did for major media outlets in Ireland. But many were done for the print media and recorded on cassette tapes, and so some are, let's say, sonically challenged. But sonic considerations should sometimes give way to historical significance, I believe. And I'm glad to say that some of the powers that be in RT Radio 1 agreed with me on this and broadcast between 2015 and 2018. Many of my interviews in a series called The Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited. What follows is a show I was going to include in that series, but finally, and I stress here personally, and under no pressure from RTE, who didn't even know the tape existed, I decided that its subject, Dermot Morgan, was so critical of the organisation that the tape could never be broadcast, or that it would have to be censored to such a degree that it would become a travesty of the original interview, and maybe even a travesty of the memory of Dermot Morgan. Though that said, for the record here I must add that parts of our chat were cut for various reasons when the article appeared in print. And the point is that I made the Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited radio series because I wanted the public to hear the original recordings in as pure, truthful and uncensored a fashion as libel laws will allow. I no longer do that series for RTE. It's morphed into the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. But the same principle applies and it certainly applies in terms of the 1994 interview with Dermot Morgan that you're about to hear. It is, to my mind, if not historically significant, then culturally resonant, in the sense that it was recorded only weeks before Morgan went to the UK to make for Channel 4 what I refer to during the interview as his new TV series. It was called Scrap Saturday. Sorry, my mistake. Sadly, that satirical radio series was in effect scrapped by RTE, as was his other radio show, Newshounds. Dumbass me. Of course, I meant to say that the TV series offer taken up by Channel 4 was Father Ted, which it seems was an offer RTE felt it could refuse. Though the station did broadcast the series after its success in the UK and elsewhere. But I don't want to deify Dermot. He may have created on the live Mike TV show, hosted by Mike Murphy, a character called Father Trendy, a precursor to Father Ted. But Morgan was no saint. In fact, he was an atheist. And some people, certain politicians for example, were offended and hurt by what could be called his crass insensitivity or cruelty in the name of a laugh. That is something he and I addressed. And yes... We also addressed the possibility that certain influential politicians may have put pressure on RTE to pull his shows and not support future projects. Either way, the fact that he was in effect forced to leave his homeland in order to make a living, and indeed to bring to full fruition his remarkable comedic skills, struck me then as sad. It strikes me now as tragic. Why? Because four years after this interview... Morgan died from a heart attack on the morning after he finished filming the third series of Father Ted. He was only 45. And Father Ted has since been voted in a poll conducted for the Radio Times, second only to Faulty Towers in a list of the greatest British sitcoms. No, not Irish. But let's go back to 1994. This podcast, part one of two, if I'm allowed to make the next one, kicks off with Dermot and I discussing, irreverently, 
as we both were wont to do, whether rock lyrics should be studied in Irish schools. It was something I'd done as a writer-in-residence in 1986. Then, seven years later, I ran the idea by Michael D. Higgins, Minister for the Arts, Culture and the Gale Talked, and who is now, of course, the President of Ireland. Higgins loved the idea, said so, and that became controversial. But Dermot wasn't sure if he could side with Michael D. <laughs> All right, you bollocks. Oh, we're rolling, right? Yes, we are. OK, uh, first thing I have to pick you up on, because you got it at a hot pressure fuck. What's wrong with having you two on the curriculum? <laughs> Jeez. Is there, no, uh, is there no break from them? <laughs> You're wearing the jacket in the fucking poster. It's every, right, I've yeah. every right to bring it up. Yeah, um, well, listen, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have a particular uh, problem about you two being on the curriculum. On a serious level, I guess that that's the end of rock and roll once it gets on the sculpture. You, know, right. what you, you have to find alternative methods. I'm slipping out, man. I've got this great string quartet I've been used to. to like they're just ace, right? Yeah. Who are they? The, the Vien- I'll be at the Viennese Philharmonic are gigging, man. They're up in the SFX. I mean, it would stand the whole, I know, the whole I thing know. on its head if you two get on there. So then you'd have students. Stu- if I was McGuinness, I'd fight it strenuously. <laughs> but you'd have students then saying, I didn't read Ulysses, I didn't even read Cole's notes to quote somebody else. I didn't even listen to the single. Oh, that, well, that's very good. You, I, I said that about code notes. You, you, yeah. yeah, I know. You said that. So that, what then would students be saying in the future? Um, I didn't even buy the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to question. I'd like to question. Unforgettable before I come up again. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, sh- Jesus, I thought they'd go for war, you know, but there, it just came on again. But you do you do think the academicization of U2 would, would kill rock? Or do you think there is a serious... You know, Higgins was putting forward the yeah. theory that it's popular culture, it's what the people, young people know. So why shouldn't they be studying that? Well, yeah... Mm, no, yeah, you, yes I, or no? No, it's not a yes-no question. I mean, right. I'd have to really think about it for a long time. OK. Um, but I, if I think of rock got on the curriculum, who can you study it? I, I, I think there's a two-edged thing. There's absolutely no valid reason why it shouldn't be. But on a, right. on a, on another level, I, I think it really would be bad news for us. You know, for us, it was completely subsumed into sort of yeah. this kind of middle class uh, and an often kissed middle age culture, which kind of yeah. sits, you know, on, on on Irish life. I mean, th- I mean, surely the point about culture is it, is its ability to. Uh, to renew itself and to be, yeah, to be re- <laughs> and regenerative as well. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if it got onto the leading certain stuff, in a way that might that might not be a good thing. I mean, you might say, well, they didn't kill off Yates. Well, where is he now? Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah. You know, I, I no, because if you look at American colleges, I mean, you can go to the University of Memphis and you get mm-hmm. your Elvisology year. <laughs> or something of that nature. You know what I mean? And at other schools, they'll study film, which originally mm-hmm. was a kind of working man's art you know yeah. what I mean so there's that I can see it happening you know yeah. I, 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 it should I, be a bit for some reason I mean when you say to me yeah films should be studied because it's it's something that uh, and indeed other electronic media if you will should be studied because it's most people you know people can work out what it's about some people don't and and, and really to bring yeah. a crit- critical faculty to bear yeah. on yeah on the media is very important but I I, I, mean, I think it's self-understood with something like like rock that it's it's sort of um low poetry or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, you saw the, I saw the argument this week given in the paper, uh, the Rotty Doyle to take the place of Shakespeare debate that's going on in the Irish yeah. Times. See that? Because some teachers said, the only way we really get young people to relate to literature is bring them in at the level they understand. So let's shaft Shakespeare and bring in Doyle. Well, well the compromise is to, is to split the difference and hybridise them. 
so that you could have uh, Hamlet saying, to be or not to be, that's all my bollocks. You know, that's all my bollocks. You get Robert to, to, to uh, write every second, every second line of Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> might run along the lines, but let me see. How weary, pale, flat and unprofitable seem to me the uses of this word. Shows your cute <laughs> so hybridization is what we're yeah, seeing here. Sure. Sure. Roger to write every second line, you know. <laughs> Do it in stereo. <laughs> All right, you are very cruel to to labour um, TDs on this video. Yeah. Remember these kind of with their uh, heads in a big swill and arses in the air. Yeah. Some, some higher than others. What what were you trying to get at there? Uh, uh, who were you well, it was. Um, <laughs> see, the old PC thing I think can be um, abused, you know. All right, uh, and. It's definitely. I mean, I I know what you you may be thinking. This is homophobic. But I don't think so. <laughs> it was definitely. Though, it was a line, as you well know. It was. A, uh, I mean, uh, it was a line which was about um, untoward events in the Phoenix Park. Um, yeah. Uh, a suggestion of of at least bisexuality, which uh, you know, as they say, I have no problem with any more than I have any problem with heterosexuality or outright homosexuality. Right. So, uh, but I think it would be kind of, you know, Lenny. Henry now refers to alternative comedy as that bollocks, um, right. and I, I think he should slag everybody. I mean, I think in this show, I mean, I've had a crack at travelling people, not a crack at them, but a, um, a, being irreverent towards them. You know, mm. I've slagged them like I have slagged the great and good, and I, I just don't want to get dogmatic about it and say, well, I should only satire traditionally only takes the it takes on the great and good or the good and the great, whichever way you want it, and those who are in power. Of course, that's where the the bias of the attack should should yeah. uh, hence yeah. your labour in general, not just on arse in the air. Sure. Um, but uh, nonetheless, you should have a swipe at everybody along the way. I mean, that's, that's I mean, I think it would be patronising. That uh, this is a great cop out line. Yeah. Patronising not to have a go at um, whoever. It'd be discriminatory against gay people not to not to include them uh, and their predilections as much as sure. Sure. Right. Uh, I am like to set up with a very clean pair of hands. I mean, and genuinely. Uh, in that you haven't handled a gay person. <laughs> well, of course, if you're going to be like that. <laughs> I mean, I've never done agency work, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, when you were cruising in the Phoenix Park, did you make a lot of money? I think you went through some hard times. I, that's right, yeah. I was dressed as the Pope and I did bloody well. Today's <laughs> coming to fetishists up there, you know. Go on, do the bit on your knees where you say, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not. Is it, I saw. I did see one critical comment. Yeah. Which was in relation to the second show of Newshounds. Yeah. About Michael D. Higgins and, and it was deemed that this might not be seen to be funny by certain people or by people, or that it wasn't fucking funny. Um. Well, we, we you know, we we really never know. But I'll I'll give you a I'll give you a hint, right? Yeah. The camera crews were laughing, right? Uh, and not. I mean, in general, at Newshounds, they were laughing, and. Um, on the other hand, the management view of comedy is what brought us Gert McLoon and Extra Extra. So, you know, as they say, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. You know, it's All right. a, I mean, what I'm yeah. saying is that yeah. my feelings on that are that we, it, the invidious aspect of, of, of that business with RT is that they had put out all these different reasons it wasn't funny. Oh, we like a laugh. Don't get me wrong, Joe. We love a laugh as much as the next bit. But this just wasn't funny. Oh, you can say any word you like, but it's just not fun. And I, the way, my reading of it is, and, and uh, I mean, I'm sure it helped me to, to uh, to work up the, the, the vitriol for the present government is that their uh, arrival, their in incumbency, um, uh, coincided exactly, you know, to the to the month, or well, 
actually within uh, two months, they were in, an, uh, I think it was, a, they finally put the government together in January, was it right. January of 92? Yeah. Well, then it was, to the month, to, right. to almost to the week right. that they, they were in, and suddenly Newshounds was off and uh, Scrap Saturday was off, right? Now, are you telling me that... Uh, New Scrap Saturday had been off. Oh, it was due to were talks to bring it back. They were right in the middle of discussing yeah, it. Uh, and the big lie that RTE put out, which is, uh, needs to be nailed, is that, uh, that it was over money. That, that uh, I know, because people well, have asked... Were, I've heard this, yeah. You were, you were being greedy. Greedy. You and greedy, greedy. Yeah. And that's really... Asking for too much. You and Jerry were asking too much. And, I mean, I can... I can I mean, on, uh, a uh, you know, if you reduce this on a, on a logical basis, the evidence would suggest that we wouldn't be stupid enough to uh, to lose, if you like, uh, our loss leader or our, our marginal profit leader. Right. Um, uh, which for the company. Which, yeah. Well, for the, for the company, I know it's for thing. the careers involved yeah. and everything. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to give you the uh, the uh, Q Worldwide International Headquarters strategy, strategic oh. policy for the globe. How much we ask for? Um, a twenty percent increase. But all right. What this is. What were you on? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to say because right. I just can't. Anyhow. Okay, so you want a 20% increase. 20% increase, but it, please understand this. It never got to negotiating money. All right. Then. And the way in which uh, scrap was pulled, the, first of all, RTE uh, at that time said to us, Look, we'd like to bring back scrap, and they showed us the slots they had for it. They had a Saturday, I think, and a Monday slot uh, during the Kenny show. It was just, it was just uh, they were very enthusiastic. All right. And they said, furthermore, we'd like a second Session. And we're thinking about it, you know, they, so they really had, they saw the value of scrap and they were going ahead with it. And in the middle of all that, uh, news hands went down in flames. And so immediately, um, I wrote a, a satirical piece about it in the Indo. Yeah, and, and with, like, was that, that in the end? Was that the uh, comedy at RTA? Yeah, a very a sh short, a short story. story. And geez, right. you do your research. And uh, uh, the, immediately they said, no, suddenly we got this letter quite disingenuous saying we, we don't have a budget. So why had they initiated discussions right. about, right. so I mean, there was no, we never got to say, well, we'd like, I don't, you know, I said, we'd like some increase. Uh, I, may, I may even have nominated the figure, but they said, well, you know, we don't have any more. And I think it was accepted that, that, that we'd probably have gone ahead, but irrespective of money. So money was not the issue. And it, that's very important sure, because I do yeah. see, I, I see a cravenness in all of this. Um, cravenness. On the part of OG. Right. I mean, really appalling. You did say in that sh that uh, that article about kind of uh, you had um, a civil servant saying public service broadcasting is not about having the country laughing up to slaves of people in authority. Mm. Do you really think they are that worried about that? And if so, why do they even let the first series go through? Of scrap. Yeah, because <laughs> they didn't realise what it was, was going to be. <laughs> Genuinely, they didn't. Do you really think they are that fearful? And if so, what are we saying here that they are in the pocket of uh, coalition governments or uh, all governments? They they are they are creatures of government. As in Lamas saying. Public service is the arm of the state. Um, that kind of old theory. I don't think it's articulated in that way. All right. But um, because that, you know, is so bald and blatant. But it is, there is a kind of a, in any society, in any group of human beings, I think you get a club and you, you, you right. get uh, the team mentality, like they're one of ours. It's like, you I mean, if you offend a guard, I mean, any guard, any other guard is going to take issue with you. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're very yeah. much now. They see themselves, I think, I believe, as the establishment. They see themselves as being um, career people close to government, and they, they don't want to, um, to, to, to upset government in any way. They don't want to, I think particularly, they, they wouldn't have wanted to upset Higgins. In a way, I think he's, he is both patronized and uh, uh, served poorly by that. I don't believe, in fairness to the man, I don't believe that he, for a moment, would invite that kind of, of arse-licking. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I must, right, I must say that right, in fairness yeah. to him. I Had you got anything against Michael using that particular sketch in the second uh, show?
But it's not. A, you haven't got press notice. I don't get Michael Lee. I haven't. Have you got out of any of this? Out of, oh, no, in, in no right. respect. In, right. No more than um, uh, any minister in, 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 in that particular uh, position. In fact, I, I might add that I, I have made submissions to him about the about the his broadcasting green paper, and I can only say that he was both courteous and uh, gave me a meeting. Which, which I mean, I remember writing to Morgan Quinn, his predecessor. And I got one of those standard rubber stamps. Oh, right. We cannot entertain, uh, you know, submissions from individuals. Uh, whereas uh, Higgins was both open, and he went right. out of his way to say right. that he was not. He didn't. I wasn't asking him in any sense about scrap side, but he he volunteered at the start of our the first time we met in person. He said, "I'd like you to know. I hope you don't think we had anything to do with that." And I believe him. This is the about the, scrap side being pulled. The second chap. Yeah. So what exactly then do you think happened? Well, who right, do you think? Yeah, who I, do you think pulled the plug? Is it? Is it? Is Pick between and that clique at the at that management level, uh, because always always satire centres on the people in power. I mean, as as uh, yeah. What did uh, what was the great line that uh, how he came up with it about John Bruton? Uh, he was the Admiral Stockdale of Irish politics. Yeah. As in everybody, you know, some people said who's Admiral Stockdale, which is precisely the point. Sure. He was there. Uh, yeah. He was actually yeah. what's his name? Was, uh, yeah. Running mate. No, it's funny because I in tomorrow's issue of Hot Press, I have an interview with John Gormley. Mm. And he's talking again about, he quotes Noam Chomsky about this uh, self-perpetuating class mm. and establishment, a ruling class. And he says precisely the same thing about how the Greens were kept off the air in RT during mm. the election. Patricia McKenna didn't get any space. Mm. But he also includes the Irish Times. So, so it's not yes, like I, I the arm of the state, mm. but it's ruling it's by consensus, yeah. this consensual kind it's, of... It's cozy and it's yeah. self-perpetuating, yeah. Very right. much so. And, right. uh, and it's, right. you know, these people view themselves to be serious people, weighty people. And what I think is, is wrong is that in a, if a culture can't invigorate itself, um, then it's kind of, in some sense, it's, it's moribund, it's probably too, too, too heavyweight, but, but, but it's in trouble. It's like, you know, these guys, these business gurus say, hey, any company that's comfortable with its position is going nowhere. Okay, that's, you know, profit, profit, yeah. profit, or whatever the, whatever the, yeah. the angle is, you know, the, the business uh, criteria. But, but for the, the various criteria that you apply to a healthy culture, you know, I think the Irish cultural life is, is very, it's very staid. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to, uh, it's not embracing, it's not a broad church. Sure. And what do you think this would have to do with... Um, I think there's a lot of sophistry and, and a kind of a, a, a Gombean Mark II version. Right. How much do you think this would have to do with the new ethos and politics that Albert has brought in? <laughs> Open government. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you as know, they called it, yeah. Albert, let, the, let the light in. The old, the old, you know, Albert is, approaches every problem with an open mouth. No, how much do you think would that would be? Because, I mean, even we have people saying, you don't say anything against Albert or a libel slap in your magazine or paper. But what would you define as the ethos of this government? <laughs> well, even in broad strokes. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that they have an ethos. The Albert Reynolds ethos, you know. I think it's the hundred seats, let's get into it. There was a, uh, somebody quoted uh, a senior Labour minister as saying, what was it? I oh, know she's, uh, sorry, uh, it's a, a Labour junior minister, in fact, right. as to what about somebody came and said, well, such and such a problem has been fixed in the constituency, constituency. What are you going to say? Well, we have 15,000 first presidents, fuck off. And that's the kind of uh, arrogance that the, the kind of the drug that, that the power hit is. Right. And uh, if it's not checked by good parliamentary opposition or just by um, rude and healthy public comment and, and, uh, and vulgar abuse in many cases. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I think it's unhealthy. But do you think Albert Reynolds could have made a phone call to a friend in RTA and said, this is the kind of stuff we don't want, we saw what he did to Hawhey, we don't want him gone down any of these lines in relation to us? Or would it be that... Uh, as blatant as yeah, that? I, yeah. I tend to favour the 
the theory that um, it was probably the the self censoring. I, I Right. I really don't, I mean, yeah. I would be reluctant yeah. to go for this conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. I know that yeah. Albert was very much into the show. Now, whether yeah. he he did a, he did a, a check and said, well, well, listen, well, you know, what they were saying about Flynn, and maybe if they ever start having a serious go at me, I don't want this. But I doubt, I'd be more for the sort right. of the, the nervy sit and say, what, 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 yeah, Jesus, yeah. no. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... Yo, so it wouldn't be that. I think it's, it's more nights, the nights of Colin Bannis got together and said, right. well, we'll sort these fellas out, they're just trouble. Um, it's interesting to co- contrast that with the... the British public life, which is right. a broader church. Uh, yeah. Now you may say that that's a that's a it's cynical in its way that uh, it embraces the dissidents so that it can um, assimilate them really yeah. and to take them in yeah. out of the margins. Yeah. But uh, I, I think there's there's a what worries me, but particularly concerns me about, um, especially with the television, is that in Ireland the most important cultural medium. Remember, I mean, how many people knock knock around art galleries? Uh, okay significantly more go to record shops and sure. but how many the television is the most significant yeah. medium and for it to be the uh, that it's the choice of what we see in domestic television for it to be the function and the product of a very small handful of people is it inherently wrong remember Slobodan Milosevic has a free press in Serbia well he has got those he has the TV monopoly yeah we're now as far as I understand it the last TV terrestrial no the, the last I was going to say terrestrial monopoly, we were actually the last monopoly in, in Europe as of TV. Um, the Austrians lost their monopoly, government monopoly, through funding of the human rights action. Right. So everywhere there, there's a, there's a, starting to do that like Albert now. <laughs> oh, so what I'm saying to you, George. <laughs> but I mean, can I throw Jesus, this you back to you? one page. Yeah, I mean, throw this back to you. Well, we, right. we talked about you two earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let me build a hypothesis. Supposing you two there was only a franchise for one rock band, right? Or yeah. A franchise for one venue in town, uh, one record company. And therefore, all the rock bands had to compete uh, on the nod of one set of heads, right? Or one man- mm-hmm. managing director. And I think it's a perfectly valid you know, right. uh, uh, parallel. And so he says, no, I don't like this. Or, or So where else do they go? Within Ireland. And, uh, and of course, it's a nonsense. Any more than if I said to you there should be only one. If I put forward the idea there should be only one press with one editor, you know, one one uh, yeah. publisher of novels, one publisher of, of poetry, people go bananas. It's, it's, it's about our fundamental freedom. But what has happened in Ireland is that they have assumed the status quo to be the right thing. Uh, well, it's there. We've always had, you know, it's not big enough for two television stations. Sure. We should then we'll make sure that that we as a people are expressing ourselves in the most important medium, showing our abilities and quite possibly uh, getting, uh, if you want to just convert it to jobs, 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 we could be sure. making jobs. We could, I believe that the television industry in Ireland, um, RTE is overstaffed, but what would be lost by the competition from independent Irish television would be picked up in, in job transfer. And also in, in, I think just some of its parts would be greater. If people instead of going to London with pieces of paper, they're going with product and saying, there's my show, um, we want to develop this uh, on an international basis or we want to sell it to you directly, whatever. So I think we're missing out. Uh, and, the, you know, when the satellite boys get really get going, when Murdoch really gets going here, uh, who's going to kind of protect the integrity of Irish intelli- uh, television and its our ability to produce domestic television? Mm-hmm. Lee Miller, Joe, Joe Barry, Joe Barry, editor-in-chief. Put that phrase in your head, Joe Barry, editor-in-chief. Well, that's, that's frightening. Sure. Yeah. Did have you did you have you screwed up your working relationship with RTE by taking a stand on the side of TV three and things like that, um, and arguing for independent well, television I mean, I'm, I'm throughout the years? Yeah, I, 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 you mean yes. I mean they. I wouldn't be low to it, but and I think. I mean, 
what's the implication of that question that one should say nothing? Keep quiet, keep the head down, and maybe you might, what, get on with Cynthia, <laughs> get on with Cynthia, and what's her name? Claire. What? Claire McKeown. Claire McKeown, or you might get on, you know, and, and, and the only real way to, uh, I mean, apart from, I couldn't do it, my father was the same, he wasn't, I mean, I, he wasn't, didn't get on the civil service, he was, right. he was blatant open dissident, you know, and he, you know, he, he was an he was an ATO which they could win at now. When he died, he was fifty four. He was an ATO, and uh, I think he just you know he didn't know how to keep the head down, saying nothing. And, uh, and but I'm, you have don't you still? I I I may have been wrong, mm-hmm. but watching you on the Late Late Show what, four weeks ago, yeah. five weeks ago, I did feel that you were restrained. That even with Gay, maybe because Gay is a friend, or he's uh, said to you before the show, Dermot, will you keep fucking lid on it in certain areas? And don't no, you have to play it to a degree? I don't think so, no. No, do you? You, didn't, you don't feel Well, it. I mean, can I tell you something off the record? Yeah. But then you have to answer that question you, well, you, which that is, you didn't, which I did ask you that fully, kind of for people who would have felt that you were kind of putting no. a cap on your, on your excesses. You didn't sing a bollocks song, right? Uh, this time around. I, I didn't, I didn't, when I say I didn't sing a bollocks song or didn't have a bollocks song to sing, I, I just, you know, I won't willy-nilly and for the sake of I must have something with a rude word in it. I mean, if yeah. there's something yeah. strikes me that needs to be uh, revved up, I'll go for it. I mean, that was revving it up as much as I as I wanted or, or, yeah. or needed to do at that time. But do you also... I, I, I wasn't aware of being restrained. Okay. I mean, I had a crack but do you have everybody. I know, but when you think, like you were announcing that you have the Channel 4 show mm. coming up, but you know, I also have to think if that doesn't work out, I may need the late show, I may need RTE again. I've, I've, to, well, I, I mean, as I say, if, if I, if I was playing the safe game, uh, you'd be in there maybe years ago. I'd be in there maybe. I, I, I honestly don't think it's an option for me to, right. to, uh, and it would be unpalatable for me to kiss the management's arse in RTE. Right, and right. I think what's really nice is that the public have sussed that I have clean pair of hands that I can to use this phrase again I can come I can come to the party as an honest broker and slag the arse of everybody now right yeah uh, if I was uh, pulling my punches and uh, then I'm just out of business you're either all of that sure you're either sure. prepared to go and be that person and that that type of critic and that type of satirist or you give it up but it's, you cannot you know right. you can't go halfway there was one person who worked with you in RTA and one profile in the Tribune said that yeah. she basically described you as a little Hitler or a big Hitler. You know, that you wanted to act, direct, produce and yeah. that you're in control of everything and that this is part of what contributed to your deteriorating relationship with RTA, Mr. Morgan. Would you like to comment on that one? Um, Do you know who it was? No, I, I mean, it just said a colleague who worked with him on, on several well, projects. Isn't it interesting, though, that... Uh, unnamed source. Yeah, and unnamed source. And I, there was some horrible stuff came up with the unnamed sources last, last year. This is that one. This one I'm well, talking about. That, that was there. That, that, that was in print. Yeah. I'm not right. tell you what it was. I don't even want to address it. I was really upset about it. But uh, I go on. No, what was it? No, I, I, they, they, no, I, I, don't, I don't even know who it was. I, All I, mean, right. I, that's All what right. I said was irrelevant. But um, you know, in a kind of a way that brings us to what I'm at. Um, I'm not saying I'm a wonderful guy and these right. are all shits. Yeah. I think it's uh, this type of activity is an area which is fraught with with grey areas. Who's who is trying to just be a Hitler and grab control for kind of a power thing, and who knows what they can do in the way to do it? And sometimes there's, you know, the person they're, they're uh, fated to deal with is uh, incompetent, right? But um, I, I, you know, the guy's entitled to say that. I disagree. I think it's significant that the source be a male or female and wasn't prepared to put their name to it. Um, and really, it's like dirty phone calls, you know. Sure. Anonymous slurs really deserve to be treated with that contempt um, which, which I certainly uh, treated with um, I, I don't think that's true. I think it's, it's true I wanted to keep uh, most artists wanted to keep as much control of things as possible 
um, because at the end of it all, the producers will make a bollocks of it will be promoted. That's usually what happens in RT, and the artist is left with not egg but shite all over their face. Sure. Yeah. Not wishing, well, but I'm just saying. Yeah. No. I know. And you're not. You will not be loved all the time. And well, if you're not. Well, this argument that you are megalomaniacal would suggest that you couldn't work in teams. Whereas, if anyone looks at your history. Mm. Uh, one can see certainly Scrap Saturday and the people yeah. that you're working with in your relationship with Jerry. I mean, I'm sure he's battled your heads off yeah. a lot of the time. That's, that's part of the but that does not suggest that you're a control freak or a no, Hitler in terms I mean, of. I, I, honestly, I'm not. I'm, sh I'm sure there's times when I push it, which anybody who knows their business should be doing. Sure, you don't yeah. stand back and say, well, yeah. I, don't, I don't appear to be megalomaniacal here, but I really think that's wrong. Yeah, right. Now, what, what I would give myself a pat on the back for in terms of Scrap Saturday was assembling the very best people. And it was very much a uh, great production team. We had uh, myself and Jerry wrote the show. Uh, Jerry directed in studio in the second series. Um, we had Paulie McLean, Owen Rowe, uh, myself. Uh, I think Jerry used to do cameo appearances. And it was right. just a, it was a great team. And and, uh, and it was very much a team. And it, sure, yeah. And I think if you asked them, any of those people, I'd be surprised if would support that type of uh, thing about, yeah. about trying to do everything. I mean, the thing was that you had the best people you could trust. Them. I mean, I. For example, this video that's coming out, Jerry directed it. Right. I didn't even ask him about the. Uh, he he mentioned to me what he was going to cut together as the hour for, All right. for the video. I didn't say I want to come in because I knew I'd come in and say, well, you know, maybe I'm not. Let somebody else. All right. And that was. I mean, even Jerry made one point which was quite interesting on the late lady saying that um, he kind of knocked that particular line about me on the head, which was that uh, when uh, when we found somebody who could do gay burn. I wrote oh, yeah. Lunatic for the guy. It was a guy called Dermot O'Reilly. Right. And just, this guy is brilliant and he has Gay's voice. He sounds like Gay, not in real yeah. life, but, you know, we, we, we nearly fought to write for this guy, so sure. it wasn't, you know, like, where's the camera? Uh, yeah. You know. Do you feel like the other, one other criticism of uh, Scrap Saturday was that you just descended from uh, satire into personal attack, as in sumo? Very, I think it was probably, probably very bold on occasions and, uh, I have this idea that if you license the clowns, you, you can, and John Cleese actually made an interesting point about saying that right. if you start into this thing about you can say this, but you can't say this, in a way the whole enterprise is, 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 is knackered. You know, you must let people go at it and, and give them some sort of, tr of, of uh, trust. Yeah, it was vulgar abuse, like was it Walpole's bottom, you know, there was, there were areas where it wasn't particularly clever, but it was, but it was very funny and, and scurrilous, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Neither was it uh, Bulgarian all the time. I mean, it was sure, yeah, nice. I know, I know. So it's, it's kind of a spectrum of attack, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's where you did find, I mean, I, I remember even a lot of the press at the time was that this is just personal abuse of a woman's shape or whatever, you know, and yeah. uh, if this is the only way to get humour. But that seemed to be... It was a woman, no, it was about... But we also gave um, uh, the waitest gags. All right. Uh, the waitest gags <laughs> were, were even... You were insulting sumo. Uh, sumo. Uh, no, but I mean, I also think we gave... Um, we did somebody else for their... Uh, and waiters and male. Yeah. Or if we didn't, we we certainly did on physical appearance. Somebody right. else. And right. we should like, terrible. Oh, no I, I remember who. You, it was Jerry. Was it Collins? No, who was it? Somebody in the plane with the boot in the folds of his belly and all that. That's yeah, that was it. There was people were done for weight, well, male or female. You know. And yeah. again, I'm, yeah. I'm sure the sisters will appreciate that there wasn't. Uh, it wasn't just. <laughs> it wasn't a directed of women only. Um, but I think also that that again comes back to this thing about the, uh, the, the sort of the disingenuous arguments that were that were forward to knacker the thing, to get at it. There was a kind of a jealousy, I suspect, that the thing worked so well. And, and here are these fellows, Morgan and Stemmerich, and these people, who the fuck do they think they are? And this thing, and the public would go mad about it. Now, what, what was 
you, you, you can't imagine what that reaction. I don't know who was, you know, I literally had. I remember one occasion. It always sticks in my mind. This this woman, um, she was working in a, a washeteria, and I brought mm. some clothes in. I want to collect it. It was a tenner, right? And uh, and I said, you know, thanks so much. Um, and she just no, it's nothing. Doesn't cost nothing. And I said, what's the? No, please. What, what are you talking about? And she said. Uh, no, you don't give me any money. You just, you just keep after those bastards. And uh, honest to God, it was not delivered ironically or with a smile. And, and uh, there was a kind of a, a people's agenda about it. Now, that, that sounds like a really aggrandizing. But honestly, that was the reaction. Of sure. People would come up and say, oh, look, I'm not interrupt you. I'd just like to say thank you. All this stuff. And I mean, it, it was great. And it gave, I mean, Jerry and myself really enjoyed that ability to go out. And if something really infuriated you, to take it on satirically, which is far more potent than effective, sure, which is sure. probably part of the reason it was, it was sidelined, because um, it, it was not this kind of homogenized, shagging, um, consensus journalism thing. It was, I think, closer to, to a public agenda, the, the sure. people's agenda. Yeah. I think you remember yeah. Jerry, Jerry wrote the one about Brendan and Katrina at the sex tape. That's great. I mean, that, actually, one of the wonderful things was, I, I was, we'd be dying to see what, what we had respectively written. We would meet on a Monday, agree the you know what the running list was, or what the the menu was, and then we divide up the menu and go off and write our separate. All right. You never know what you know. You never sure. know I was going to write. You know, in, we'd have the general thrust of it, but something really wicked could come up. I mean, that Brenda Katrina got me, and um, he um, he did this one about Lennon, which which was the only thing I ever pulled off scrap. Which oh, about the liver. About the liver. Yeah. I mean, that really yeah. creased me. And then for for that, he would come in and uh, um, he. He came in and he saw me. He had this the Dunphy on philosophy, where for Dunphy had um, gone into this huge philosophical rant about yeah, but about Stan Bowles. I remember Stan Bowles came up to him, uh, Giles, he had Loftus Robots out after him, asked him what is the categorical imperative? Who wrote the categorical imperative? And Giles said Kant, and Stan said, Don't you call me Kant? And he said, I remember Jerry getting off on that. I mean, but do you do, do you think there were any of these people, any of the politicians? Because even when we ran the last interview, like I know Liam or Niall or whoever phoned up, uh, maybe Flynn. Flynn didn't comment. Noonan did. Yeah. But they all publicly said, "Ah, no, sure, it's all in good taste. Yeah. It's a bit of fun and all it's that." Told. <laughs> yeah. Do you really feel that some of them got uh, a private agenda where they really wanted you shut up, or did they all take it with in the humour and and? It, to a necessary element of kind of uh, slapping her wrists, it should be done. In a way, it's a moot point because we, right. we will never know. I mean, right. we can speculate the answer. But I throw it back to you. There are two aspects about my reaction to the demise of Scrap. One is that, oh, well, he would say that, wouldn't he? You know, he would rant about it because it was something he was enjoying and, and, his, and his colleagues, uh, Jerry and uh, Owen and Pauline, and that uh, it's vested interest. And, you know, that's true, yes. I mean, it results of the bread in the mouth. It was sure, it was yeah. living. But leave that aside. It was also vocation. Um, the, the fact of the matter is that I think it is extremely wrong that that show was taken. And no attempt to put something in its place. But we own an extra extra. Hmm? <laughs> why I would like to know is why? Why is this? Why we? Why we? We we swimming in this sea of of of. And, oh, the Germans had that great thing, Nacht und Nebel. You know. Uh, Nachtung baby, <laughs> we're back to that again. <laughs> well, when, when the when the Nazis wanted to shift lift something, right. this the policy became known as Nacht und Nebel, night and fog. People just all oh, right, okay, yeah, they, yeah, they disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I would say, why don't if the press thought it was important, and maybe the press don't think it's important, why don't they? Why ask Dermot Morgan, who didn't make the decision? Why not ask Joe Barry, editor in chief? Why not ask Kevin Healy? I mean, people, 
It's so fucking wrong. This is all the kind of fear and go be the wall shit that we put up with in Irish life. It's it's so we're so it's so ingrained in us. I I don't think for a moment journalists uh, remotely uh, feel they're ducking the issues. Just it's not. Ah, well, that happens, doesn't it? Why not ask them what? Why it was Shafter? Why those other two were put on instead of? Yeah, well, that's another question. But I mean, people should. I mean, and they should demand an answer. You are getting uh, sixty plus million in in license subscription. You're getting the same again in advertiser backing. You you've got uh, the cross promotion between. I'm doing it, Albert again. Cross promotion between uh, RT Guide. You can push your TV products on your radio and vice versa. You yeah. get sponsorship in. They have all this stuff, and sure. it's huge, and they have the only football on the street, and they have no sense of no blessed oblige with it. They have no sense of we sh- we must be broad church because we have so much uh, control in this important uh, media, media uh, vested in us. And really, they should be made to respond in detail, and not to have the rumours. I think it was Mary who was told by senior RT producer exactly that line: greed, greed, lies. Fucking lies. Same way as the the one Jerry nailed was even here. It was we didn't deliver in time. Oh, we, yeah, right. we fucking yeah. delivered in time, and right. we never got the one libel right. And I think for I, I I think it's easier for me to talk about it now with the Channel Four prospects looking good and going off there okay. because it it means we'll say well he's not just whining about it. I mean, I really I'm, it's a bone I don't intend to let go. Right. And I have yeah. lobbied yeah. the minister, and I have lobbied one of the opposition uh, leaders, and I intend to lobby each and every one of them. Uh, because if what's it, it's enough for good men to say nothing, and really what we, we have to do is get this thing sorted out. Okay, let's leave it there. At the end of that sentence, uh, Dermot actually said, what we have to get right is broadcasting. But let's leave it until the next podcast to hear the rest. By the way, 75% of what you heard has never been in the public domain. And that reminds me, I must phone Channel 4 and ask if they'll give me a gig. I may have to, after that podcast is heard by certain powers that be vengeful at times. Speaking of which, you may have noticed that I faded parts of the tape because even Dermot warned me in 1994 they might be, he said, dicey on legal grounds. Either way, thank you for listening. If you want to read the full 1994 transcript uncut, check out joejacksoninterviewer.com.